Welcome back to the Talking Thomas podcast, your podcast for all things Thomas and Friends related, Shining Time Station, uh, you know, and all other Thomas related media, including the Railway Series, which we will be discussing today. I'm Orion. And I'm Tony. And today we will be discussing book four of the Railway Series, Tank Engine Thomas again. Um, and uh, right off the bat here, Tony, what are your general, what's your general opinion on this book? Particularly? You know, it, I, I sort of have mixed opinions on this book in that I love the last two stories. And, and the first, the first two stories though are just kind of okay, especially the first one. I, I think that in the form of the railway series, they work better, you know, especially because figure these were written back in 1949 and so you know i think that for their time they're they're fine for what they are uh but you know it's it's a good book i think it's a solid book it seems it's interesting because it seems like both of the thomas books have been pretty solid whereas the other books that don't necessarily feature thomas as a main character so far at least have just been kind of okay you know and so I, I, I just think it's it, it's no wonder why Thomas became the most popular character in these books. No, absolutely, I agree. He seemed to find he seemed to find the best material for Thomas, um, and uh, and I would agree with you um, about you know which stories are better, um, right. probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, we could certainly uh, just dive into it. Um, and this is this is of course the first um, book that really focuses on the adventures on Thomas's branch line uh, specifically. Right. Um, so no longer on the main line at all. All of this has to do with Thomas's adventures on his own branch line. So it's really the first time that we uh, branch out, no pun intended mm -hmm. um, from, from the main crop of stories that we have been receiving for the previous three books. Um, and as you said, this really cemented the fact that, you know, Thomas would become the most popular character even before the TV series. And I think right. that's a fact that's sometimes forgotten. Um, even among fans, they, you know, they say, well, why couldn't the show have been called the Railway Series? Why did Thomas have to be the main character? Um, but you, you know, you can even hear um, when they were talking about the TV series and interviews and, um, and things like that. And, uh, and even before that, even though the, the series was officially called the railway series or the audio recordings or the railway stories, mm -hmm. um, you know, they were still called, you know, among people and, you know, among the you know vernacular, it was still called the Thomas the Tank Engine books. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that, that that character stood out. Um, and we talked a little bit about that in our discussion of, uh, you know, Thomas's first book, Thomas the Tank Engine, mm -hmm. um, but really his popularity and the, um, the gold mine of stories that Audrey seemed to be able to, to come up with for this particular character is really cemented uh, in this particular book. Oh, definitely. Um, and uh, awkward title aside, this is a, this is a good book, um, but definitely I, I an awkward title. Like, I kind of like the title personally, you know, it's yeah. I, I know that, you know, some would say that it's clunky and stuff, but I think it, it has sort of a charm to it, you know, an old, uh, an, an old school charm to it. Oh, absolutely. I, I do agree. It almost, um, the Tank to Thomas again title almost echoes kind of an A.A. A. Milne, Winnie the Pooh uh, style, like right. now we are six, uh, the collection of stories and, uh, and things like that. So mm -hmm. I think that, um, 
that definitely reflects the era in which it was written, perhaps more so than some of the other titles, which are a bit more dull um, than, than this, but um, yeah. And this is, this is the only time in, um, in Wilbert's railway series books that engine is not the last word of the title. Right. Engine or engines. Yeah. Which is, which is, yeah, quite interesting. And I wonder if he just like, if that was a a conscious decision on his part, like, I don't like that aesthetically, um, you know, to, to end it that way, probably more just out of, you know, sheer economy and, uh, um, just to, it's easy just to name the books with engine in the title and, and very few of the, the titles really stretch that I would say, um, to try to come up with a way to include engines right. um, necessarily. Um, but, um, you know, cause all of the other ones really seem to, uh, you know, certainly seem to fit yeah, that, that mold um, to be able to, uh, to fit that. Um, and none of them, none of the other ones really seem too, uh, too clunky in that regard, I, except, except perhaps this one, I would say, but right. But yeah, so you know, right, uh, right into the uh, first story here, Thomas and the Guard, um, and we talked a little bit about this in our commentary on um, the TV series adaptation, mm-hmm. Thomas and the Guard or Thomas and the Conductor for U.S. audiences. Um, it's n- not a strong story, um, and on, and quite frankly, it's actually it, it is a stronger story in the Railway series. Oh, as yes. you mentioned. Um, it's you know, one of the few I would say that really is is so much stronger um, in this. It just it it fits more with the rhythms of the railway series than mm-hmm. it did with the TV series, um, and a lot of that too has to do with um, um, you know the the fact that it I think it loses some of its impact when they're trying to have human characters and and when an episode centers or a story centers on an interaction with a human character, it doesn't necessarily always lend itself well to the TV series because of the style of model that they use for the humans. Um, Whereas in this, um, you know, we get these illustrations of the guard running down the track um, (laughs) that that we can't, it doesn't quite have the same impact when they just have the, the fades of the little model moving down the track. It doesn't quite. I I was about to say, I'm getting uh, this mental image of, a a block of uh, a a block of resin you know just seemingly jumping from spot to spot yeah it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't quite work very well um what's interesting though is that um this this book actually kind of establishes something interesting in that if you uh in one of the illustrations for Thomas and the Guard um we see a reference to James the Red Engine right. and Thomas the Tank Engine um right. so it's really the first time that it's referenced that these you know that there are books sold on Sodor although it's not named so at the time right. um but that it's established that you know, the people are aware of these engines and are reading stories about these engines and that the engines themselves would be aware that they are part of these stories, um, which, which is something that's never really touched on in the TV series. No, no, uh, not until very recently has it been touched upon at all. Um, But it is, it's interesting how we're only in the fourth book and there are already references to the railway series, uh, even, even though within the dialogue, the books wouldn't be referenced for several books to come, but 
it's nice to see the illustrator, uh, C. Reginald Dalby at the time, just throwing in little references here and there. It's really nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, 100% agree. Um, and also what's, uh, what's interesting um, is that this is the first story that names Annie and Clarabelle. Yes. Um, at the end of Thomas, the tank engine at the end of uh, Thomas and the breakdown train, the last story in that book, it just states that he has two coaches that he, that he uh, pulls up mm-hmm. and down the branch line, but this one specifically. And what's interesting is that it states he calls them Annie and Clarabelle. So it's yes. almost as if it's that's only in his head and that he calls them that, but they don't have any official names. And I like that. I like that um, idea that these engines, uh, you know, they're their coaches or their companions and they mm-hmm. only name them themselves. And that's not their official name because they're not painted on their sides um, right. necessarily as they are in the, um, you know, in the TV series. So I like that aspect, um, you know, and thinking about the same thing with, um, you know, with Oliver and Toad or Toby and Henrietta, um, that kind of relationship, I think is, it's interesting. And that's, again, something that's lost in the TV series, but, oh, um, yes. but I like uh, that choice of wording that he calls them Annie and Clarabelle. Right. Um, very interesting. It is, it is very interesting as well. Uh, one of the interesting things, and now we've mentioned before, of course, that the Reverend bases these stories on real life events. And of course, a guard or conductor getting left on a platform isn't, you know, it, it's not unheard of, of course. But apparently this one specifically was based um, on an incident that uh, Wilbert heard of in Eastbourne, where... Uh, you know, it was basically like it, it's exactly how the story goes. The only difference is that the real life guard that was uh, stuck in Eastbourne ended up uh, taking a taxi to Polgate. So uh, and he met his train there. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah, that quite, cool. yeah, that is quite interesting. Um, uh, but, yeah, this is a yeah, as we said, it, it's not I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that it's a bad story no, in no. in the railway series. I would say it's not a very good episode of the TV series, but <laughs> right. um, but uh, but yeah, this is a it's a it's a charming story. Um, and again, it's more of a kind of what I like about this book is that it's just kind of a nice, quiet little slice of life mm-hmm. um, on on the Farquhar branch. Of course, again, it wasn't named that at the time, but. Um, but it's nice. the The illustrations by C. Reginald Dalby here um, vary widely. Um, Thomas's size varies. Annie Clarabelle's size varies quite a bit. Um, but um, but one particular illustration always sticks with me from this story, which is of uh, which is of the back of um, of Annie or Clarabelle. I can't remember which. Um, I think it's supposed to be Clarabelle. Uh, yeah, um, but facing backwards and smiling—that illustration always sticks in my mind. Yeah, it's, um, it's a nice of one. that one. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, this is a a really nice, a really nice um, little story here, mm-hmm. um, and it's a great way to start the book. Again, kind of like James the Red Engine and and uh, you know the first story of that book, James and the Top Hat. Um, once again, just kind of setting the scene. Um, mm-hmm. And again, explaining how Annie and Clarabelle work, that Annie can only take passengers, Clarabelle can take passengers, luggage in the guard. Um, but yeah, nice little story. Oh, yes, definitely. I, you know, I, I, I do, like we said earlier, I, I do think that this works better in the context of the railway series, the books themselves. It just, it, it seems to flow better. And, you know, it's just because of the way it's written, 
now bear in mind, of course, the first the first season of the TV series did almost word for word adapt most of these stories. Uh, I just with what they had back in 1984, it just, you know, didn't really work very well for this story. But I think that within the railway series, it it's fine. You know, it's not my favorite story ever, but it's certainly not bad by any stretch. No, absolutely. Um, and that brings us to our next story. Thomas goes fishing. Yes. Um, this is a, a, an interesting one. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it's... Um, this one's a bit more fanciful really uh, versus some of the other ones that we've had so far in the <laughs> railway series. Um, less of a kind of a normal average railway thing, but uh, kind of an outlandish thing that happens to Thomas. Um, and now you say that, but it is based on a true story apparently. Um, right. Apparently on the Glasgow and Southwestern railway, there was a driver who kept a, who kept multiple fish in his engine's water tanks. And he claimed that the reason he did this was to keep the water clean. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, they would, they would, um, you know, uh, they can, you know, eat bugs and things like that. So, right. Uh, and eat scum and it definitely mm-hmm. helps to, to keep that, uh, that water clean. Yeah. Um, but this is a, this is a fine little story. Um, totally. And definitely I can understand it, it's kind of a memorable storybook style story and is something that's more easily summed up in one sentence um, and I think would stick in a child's mind better than something like Thomas and the guard. I don't think a, a, a young child would be sitting around thinking, oh, you know, how funny that story was where Thomas left behind the guard, <laughs> as right. opposed to, you know, remember the time where Thomas had a fish in his tank. Um, right. You know, that's more, definitely more, uh, more entertaining. Um, but yeah, this is a, a lovely little story. And it's nice, w- once again, um, you know, the Fat Controller is just kind of uh, everywhere across across the island and on Thomas's branch <laughs> line. So we have him appear once again. Um, you know, and as we said in, uh, in um, James the Red Engine, how he keeps popping up in the stories. And this one he yes. does as well. But what's interesting is, is that, you know, in this one, he's not really a, f- um, you know, Thomas isn't afraid of no. the fat controller, which is kind of the first time really that, that, that threat doesn't hang over. It's a different threat. It's a threat of, um, you know, his, it feels like his boiler is going to explode. Um, right. <laughs> uh, not, uh, scolding from the, the fat controller. So it's, it's interesting in, in this one, you know, the fat controller seems a bit more, uh, funny, a bit more helpful. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's fun. It is, it is his, it is the fat director's, uh, big moment of comedy. I mean, he got a few moments of comedy in three railway engines, uh, but he gets more here with, you know, oh, well, we're going to have to fish these th- these out and then uh, let's just cook them up. Right. Um, and this one, again, this story has some great illustrations by Seabird and oh, Dolby. Yeah. Uh, the first two illustrations particularly stick out, I think. Um, mm. You know, the one, uh, the first illustration of Thomas puffing across the bridge, which goes mm-hmm. over the, the River Ells. And, mm-hmm. um, and then the second illustration of Thomas, uh, you know, at the station there um, and uh, taking on water. But that's a, a great you know, great illustration. Again, the proportions are slightly off in the yeah. classic C. Reginald Dolby style, um, but yeah. uh, but it still works, and it's a nice little, nice illustration. I, um, I do I do like the illustrations in this story, particularly that first one of the bridge. 
I, I, I really like the design of the bridge, which incidentally is based on one of Brunel's bridges. In fact, it's a bridge that goes over uh, the River Thames. Right. It's a Maidenhead bridge, isn't it? It is. Yes. Yeah. So that's a, yeah. And I mean, obviously um, us, you know, British railway fans, we're obviously big fans of uh, Brunel. Oh, yes. um, but, uh, but yeah, I love those, love those bridges. Um, mm-hmm. But, but great, you know, great illustration and, uh, and, you know, and a nice little story. Um, I always liked the wrap of this one, even in the TV series where it's not one of my favorite episodes or stories, but I always like the wrap up of this with the, uh, with the driver, fireman, uh, and someone else going fishing in Thomas's water tanks while the fat director tells them how to do it. And then just eating fish and chips. It's, it's, I, I don't know why, but I've always liked the wrap up to that story. Right. And again, and again, funny in that, you know, and we have this illustration of the fat controller just sitting, um, telling them how to do it while they do the fishing. And, you know, similar, it's kind of a nice, maybe unintentional callback to uh, the sad story of Henry. See, I don't know if it was unintentional, though, because um, the Wilbur seems to maybe not at this point because he's only four books in, but he does seem to care about canon you know i mean obviously it would be dolby that would be doing the drawing so uh maybe you know because he would have had to re-illustrate the three railway engines at some point so maybe it was just on his mind right and i'm not necessarily saying that it wasn't um intentional in terms of the character and and his and the uh reverend audrey's somewhat uh contemptuous uh portrayal of uh, railway executives um <laughs> but um but and it fits the character and it's not necessarily um an un- unintentional aspect of right of character plotting but maybe not completely intentional to be a direct throwback to the sad story of henry hmm. yeah that's a good point this point. Also, uh, something else uh, of note is that apparently Thomas goes fishing is while while both Wilbert has never really commented on favorite episodes, uh, sorry, favorite uh, characters or anything like that, because uh, to both him and Christopher, it's like trying to name your favorite child. But he, he and Christopher have both admitted that this is that Thomas goes fishing is one of their favorite stories. Huh, which is interesting because I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's one of my favorites, but no, but um, you know, or even a fan favorite, probably really, but no, but they seem to enjoy it as you know, and uh, you know, good for them, you know, I think that's I think that's cool, so yeah, yeah. um, so yeah, um, mm-hmm. we you know, move on to our next story, which is Thomas Terrence in the Snow, um, and here the book, um, really picks up steam again, no pun intended, <laughs> um, but uh. But this is what's interesting here is that it's almost it's almost like the four seasons of, um, you know, of Thomas on his branch line. Right. So you could think of kind of the beginning of, you know, Thomas and the guard is kind of like a springtime kind of story. Um, Mm -hmm. And then in the summer, there'll be people out fishing on the river. Um, And then, you know, we switch to autumn and then, of course, later uh, winter. Uh, for Thomas Terrence in the snow. And then uh, in the last story, Thomas and Bertie were back in the springtime again. Right. Um, uh, at least we would guess um, or in the summer again, but you know, we kind of come full circle there um, with the whole book, but it, it's nice to see all the different 
aspects of um of life on the branch line and uh this is the first time that we encounter snow in mm-hmm. um in the railway series um but yeah this is a, a great little story and a brand new character too which is nice and this is the first um this is the first non-rail character to be introduced um in the in the series if i'm not mistaken um yeah. at least you know vehicle not person of course right um, but yeah, uh, in, in Terrence, the tractor and a great character, um, you know, not used too much, but, uh, but a great little character, um, and a great story. Um, you know, it's, what's great is that this story really comes out of character, whereas some of the other stories I feel in the railway series and particularly in the early railway series, it came more out of plot or the, you know, yes. Audrey looked at a real life railway incident. And said, oh, I can make a story out of this and put X character in here. But right. this one really comes out of character. And in terms of the story of, of him, um, you know, and, and he may have taken a real life incident and engine getting stuck in the snow and a you know, tractor pulling it out. But that particular aspect of, of Thomas, you know, judging Terrence and saying, you know, I don't, I prefer my rails. And this is really the, the it echoes again in the next story with Thomas and Bertie and then Percy and Harold's relationship echoes this as well later on. Um, but, uh, you know, the relationship between road and rail, or at least in this case, you know, farm or land and rail. Right. Um, and which one's better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a nice story. Um, and, uh, you know, and again, some nice illustrations. I I like the first illustration of the book um, mm-hmm. with Thomas, you know, pushing or I guess pulling, depending. Um, Annie and Clarabelle, instead of uh, instead of pulling them from the front, he you know he's in the back. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of a nice aspect of branch line operations that we never really see in the TV series. It is interesting as well that we never see that. I guess. I can assume, of course, that that's because they wanted to show the engine's faces as much as possible, I suppose. Uh, but it is it is kind of nice that throughout the railway series, we do see engines uh, pulling backwards or pulling from behind or even pushing uh, trains sometimes. Because, you know, that is something that happens on real railways all the time. You know, I can think of many times that a locomotive has you know pushed a train from behind and uh, so it's nice to see that here even though we don't see that very much in the tv series right um what's interesting though here too is that um there's a line here thomas often saw terrence working now this is after uh you know this is after thomas uh had kind of you know been a little rude to Terrence and said, you know, I, right. I don't want to go anywhere. I like my rails. And then it says Thomas often saw Terrence working, but thought, but though he whistled, Terrence never answered. That's something that's left out of the narration in the TV series. It is. Um, and that's interesting to think that, you know, Terrence is just ignoring Thomas <laughs> as he puffs by because Thomas was rude. Um, right. It's just quite interesting. That is. And I never really thought about that until you brought it up actually, but it is, it is amusing uh, and it does show, I think, how, uh, you know, although this is not necessarily the point of the story, perhaps, it does show how your actions affect others and that, you know, Thomas is rude to Terrence the first time they meet. And therefore, until he actually is in need of help, Terrence just kind of like, OK, well, screw you. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um 
but yeah, good story. Um, one aspect that I have to say that I like about the uh, TV series adaptation versus this is the illus- is the the way that they cover Thomas in the snow in the TV mm-hmm. series makes it look a lot more dramatic than it does in this particular illustration where right. it looks like Thomas is barely covered. I was going to say it's just his snowplow and his front buffer beam. Right. Well, he wasn't. Well, of course, he wasn't wearing the snowplow. Well, that's right. Okay, so just his buffers then. Yeah. Now, is this the first time that he says cinders and ashes? I can't recall. I believe so. I could be mistaken, but I believe so. And that's interesting. Um, you know, just uh, again another uh, Audrey kind of coming up with more and more uh, engine specific, railway specific phrases that they can say because he says cinders and ashes, and then he says, "Oh, my wheels and coupling rods." <laughs> um, you know, and just kind of interesting human-like thoughts and human-like sayings, but right. adapted to an engine form, which I, I find amusing. The oh my wheels and coupling rods doesn't get used often enough. No, I I agree. In fact, I don't know. I I don't recall. Does it ever really get used outside of this? I don't believe so. Um, but not that I recall. Because it should. That is a great phrase. Absolutely. Yes. But uh, but no, I I think that it is uh, quite a charming story. I really enjoy it, um, and I like Terrence. I like I like most of the roadway vehicles that we meet early on in the in the series. I, I think Terrence is a nice addition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, always been one of my favorite characters, and this is a, a great story. Um, and uh, is probably my second favorite story of the book. Yes. Um, And I would say uh, my favorite story, and I believe yours as well, uh, is the next story, Thomas and Birdie. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's hard to top this one. I I think that, you know, because there are, as we talked about in previous uh, reviews for the books, you know, some of the stories are great, are good. Some of the stories are not so good. This time, I think Thomas and Birdie. Now, obviously, Thomas and the Breakdown Train in the Thomas the Tank Engine book was a very good story. I think that Thomas and Birdie was the first tr- story Wilbur wrote that we could say is truly great, though. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, um, I'm not sure. Um, there might be one um, great one, maybe before it. Um, you know, perhaps uh, you know something like uh, I would say. Um, well, you might be right. Um, yeah, I guess I'm trying to think of um, one that's better before this, but I can't. I can't really think of one. I suppose right. this really is. Um, it really is his his finest hour so far. Yes. In terms of in terms of story writing, and um, you know, and part of that is just the excitement of the story. Um, you know, a race, of course, is very exciting. Um, and what's great is is that it's you know it's it weaves a thread between the previous story and this one but not a super obvious one so he never says who the bus is um in the previous story and there's not an illustration of it so of course in the tv series it's birdie um but in this it just says um you know to go back to the last story it says at last a tooting in the distance told them a bus had come for the passengers that's Mm -hmm. all it says about the bus and then this one um you know it ties it together um, and since this is in the sun, you know, we have to assume this is at least a couple months after that, um, right. if not a while after that. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting that, you know, Birdie remembers Thomas and, uh, uh, and of course, you know, Thomas would be the main engine working this branch line. So what other engine would he see? But right. 
but yeah, quite interesting. Now, now this this I found interesting because uh, I love this story, but it's it's one of the first stories. And again, Wilbert didn't do very many of these. He tried to base most, if not all, of them on real life incidents. Uh, but this is probably the first story not to be based necessarily on a real life incident, although there may have been a a bus and a train that got into uh, a race at some point. Uh, he didn't necessarily base it on one of those. In fact, what it's based on is uh, the Reverend and his family went on holiday to Wales. And it, if any of our listeners have ever been to Wales, I, I know I haven't. But uh, from what I understand, it can be quite wet there sometimes. And it was. And so while they were in Wales in the middle of this wet holiday that they were on uh, to amuse his children, because he now had three children, uh, he created a board game in which a unnamed bus and an unnamed steam locomotive were racing to get to from one end of the board to the other. And eventually that inspired him to write uh, this story. Right. And this is the first time, too, um, after uh, after the story that um, if uh, if I'm not mistaken, was it a, a child wrote to um, to him to ask him, like, where the where the race took place and he drew the map of um, the branch line? I believe so. Yes. Um, so that's, you know, and that kind of led to some of the early seeds of this being a whole different, you know, place really than right than than great britain um and, and or at least you know developing that this is its own entity its own whole branch line with you know separate towns and everything and not part of um any existing place right um so yeah qu- quite interesting um but yeah birdie's one of my favorite characters um i know he's one of yours as well oh yeah um and it's a great uh uh it's a great story um and again you know the illustrations really do the job here Mm-hmm. Um, by C. Reginald Dalby, and uh, you know it's a it's a nice story. And what's interesting too is you know if we had to rank all the stories of the book, um, it really would go uh, you know from they basically rank from best to worst. They go from last to first. They do because um, yeah, Thomas and Birdie's the best. Thomas Terrence in the Snows second. Uh, Thomas goes fishing third, and Thomas in the Guard fourth. So right. he really you know. Uh, as I said earlier, you know, kind of picked up steam throughout the book and, um, and finishes on, on the highest note, um, really of the, the highest note of the railway series so far. Oh yes. I, I, I do think that this is, as you said earlier, it's, it's his finest hour as of the fourth book, you know, it's, it, it really ends this book on, on a great note and, you know, it'd be a sign of things to come. It was the first of, many race stories that there would be because there would be uh, several other races to come in the future in this series, both the railway series and the TV series. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so that was, uh, that's Tank Engine Thomas again. It is. Um, a great fourth entry into the railway series. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he just kept going from strength to strength. Um, and I think really this was kind of a turning point for the series um, mm-hmm. from being kind of cute little storybook, um, you know, kind of stories uh, with lots of repetition and things like that to more developed stories, really, yes. and, and more developed through lines of stories um, as well. And that that we'll see in in the next book, especially, um, it's right. really it it's it's almost shocking the the shift in storytelling from this book 
uh, to the next book, Troublesome Engines. Oh, um, yeah. It's 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 kind of a, a major leap. This is almost an end of an era, really, um, in the Railway series and in, in its writing style. I would say it definitely is, you know, and it, it's it, it's with that in mind. I think it's very telling that Thomas and Bertie is the final story because it's like it's almost like it's the last big hurrah of this era of being a cute innocent story for children before the series starts to become more developed and start having uh, bigger through lines and bigger stakes involved even you know it's thomas and birdie it, it's a beautiful ending to um you know a um sorry 16 uh introductory stories and it would just uh, get better from here right absolutely and this is uh yeah i mean it's it really is really is the end of that particular um era and then you know after that basically all the the main characters or at least you know the um you know the first five anyway yeah um are really established and then we you know we could kind of we move on to uh to you know an additional character in the next book percy Mm -hmm. and then after that we we get um you know, we develop some of the other characters further on as well. Um, right. But it's, you know, it's where he kind of stops, stops uh, just doing little stories. And as we said, moves into to bigger and better things. Right. And, and it's great, you know, uh, on the whole, I think that while this might not necessarily be his best book ever, it certainly has some of the, uh, it certainly has some very fun stories in it, you know, especially particularly the last two. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think on the whole, uh, Tank Engine Thomas again is a great book. Yeah, I would say it is probably my, uh, it's probably of the first four books, I would say it's my second favorite. Um, right. I would say Thomas the Tank Engine is my favorite yes. of those first four. Um, and if we, you know, if we had to rank the books that we've discussed so far, I would say, uh, for me personally, um, I would say it would go uh, Thomas the Tank Engine, Tank Engine Thomas again, uh, James the Ride Engine, and the Three Railway Engines. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'd probably go along with that. I, I, I think that that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, maybe swap um, the Three Railway Engines and James the Ride Engine. If right. I was, um, depends on the day, I suppose. It does. Um, but um, but yeah, so that's um, so that's a that's a wrap on that book. Um, and, uh, but, uh, lots more railway series books for us to discuss in the future, of course. Um, so stay tuned for, uh, for more of those. We'll be, uh, covering season three of the TV series here shortly. Yes, we Um, will. Some other discussions, uh, along the way as well, more shining time station. Um, and, uh, of course this month is the 20th anniversary of Thomas and the magic railroad. So look forward to a commentary on that from us here in the very near future. And uh, but uh, you can find us on Facebook, Talking Thomas Pod, and uh, uh, and then also, of course, on Twitter at Talking Thomas One. Yep. Um, and then uh, our home is Anchor for the podcast, but we're also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, many other platforms as well. So uh, thanks for listening. Yep. Have a good night.